Listen. Welcome back to We're All Yankovic. Yeah, this is it, man. Yeah, this yeah, we're it. basically at the end, except for maybe some secrets, maybe, maybe some maybe. bonus stuff later. Uh, but as a big bonus today, we have a very special guest. Are you there? Hello. Yes, yes, I am. I'm here, and I'm very, very excited to be here. Who is this, Charlie? Uh, my name, or you? My, my name, my name is Nathan Raven, uh, author of Weird Al: The Book and the upcoming The Weird Accordion to Al, uh, my online column where I write about every single Weird Al song in obsessive detail. Uh, will be turning into a book as well. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm the man who wrote the book about Weird Al Yankovic, Sweet. and also the man who's writing a second book. Yeah, because there's so much left to cover. Well, and and to be honest, uh, I I bought your new book this morning. So uh, I bought mine last be, night. Oh, I beat you, Charlie. Um, yeah, <laughs> you Nathan, got two new orders coming in. <laughs> Nathan has a Kickstarter. He just he just started about uh, for his book, and we'll get into some more details at the end of this episode. But we also wanted to bring Nathan on because uh, his first book has been was the place I started when I started doing research for this podcast. And honestly, this song has some great quotes from Weird Al, thanks to Nathan, because Nathan did that great interview for AV Club, where he talks about, oh gosh, almost, I mean, like more than 50% of his songs or like... Um, I don't know. I Like looking back at it, I'm thinking it's probably more 20, 25 or so. Um but yeah, that was kind of fascinating. It's weird to be researching uh, this project and to see all kinds of footnotes. And it's <laughs> Raven Gama Yankovic. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, Weird Al the Book is credited to Nathan Raven and Al Yankovic. So <laughs> it's weird to be like, oh, yeah, I got that bit of information from myself eight years ago <laughs> that I completely forgot. So it's very weird that I'm uh, referencing extensively the work of Nathan Raven and Al Yankovic uh, in my latest book. That's, That's awesome. awesome. But, yes. Cool. Okay, well, uh, we'll, we'll just go through what we normally start with. Uh, Albuquerque is from Running With Scissors. It was released on June 29th, 1999. And uh, this song is his longest published song outside of some really weird stuff like Peter and the Wolf, if you call that all one song, but that's mm. not really one all song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time. Yeah, at the time. Uh this song, uh, Al says in that interview, uh, was meant to be as in the style of the Rugburns, Mo Joe Nixon, and George Thorogood, and uh, any other kind of hard-driving rock narratives. Yeah, it's it's pretty much Dick's Automotive. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you said like, okay, it's almost a parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I I saw that and I was like, he named three names and I'm like, no, no, it's 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 the Rugburns. Oh uh, uh-huh, yeah. I was looking through the uh, the Weird Al forum and apparently in like 2006 they all discovered Dick's Automotive. Yeah. And it just it blew up. Like yeah. they're like, I don't know. And like, it actually was really interesting because a lot of them were like, oh yeah, cool. It's neat to see the style parody that he's. You know, I didn't realize this was a style parody, yeah. and now that I know it's a style parody, yeah, and blew my others, mind when I found when you. I think you were interested me. Someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like what? No way. So but then there are mind. other people who look at it and they go, oh man, that really bums me out because I thought Al came up with all of this. Yeah, and and he didn't. There's a lot of extra stuff. Nathan, when did you did you know right off the bat that this was a Ruggs Burns kind of like almost direct parody or uh, I did, I did not and I think that's one of those this kind of fascinating about Al 
particularly with this facetious, like obviously the parodies, <laughs> you know what it's parodying. It's very, very direct. It's very, very overt. And then with a lot of some of the pastiches, not all of the pastiches, uh, it's also very, very direct to the point where it's not necessarily inspired or vaguely of the same vein. And then it almost feels like an alternate version. Yeah. It almost feels like uh, Albuquerque is kind of Al's alternate version of uh, Dick's Automotive. Uh, and I think that works. I think that a lot of what Alice does is building upon the work of other people and riffing on it. And uh, yeah, they kind of took something that was weird and interesting and funky and definitely built upon it, but made it his own. Agreed. Agreed. And and honestly, I after listening to the real song, or Dick's Automotive a couple of times, I'm like, I really prefer Al's song. Oh, yeah. But yeah. that's just because of subject matter. I mean, like that... Dick's Automotive gets a, it's not really appropriate for kids I don't no. think like so don't if you guys are running out there to listen to Dick's Automotive make sure the kids are in in the other yeah. room because it it gets a little freaky but like, so does Albuquerque honestly Albuquerque's pretty darn dark as well yeah, but but not in the same kind of level of subject matter yeah like, they're both it's in the same vein of like this is really twisted and violent and bizarre and out there so they're it, yeah. Yeah, just Al's version of it. A little, little more tame, but not yeah. that much because he cuts someone's arms and legs off. You well, know. we'll talk there's, about that yeah, stuff. In a the lot of stuff like that, too. We'll talk about the stuff when we talk about sure. lyrics because yeah. there are a lot of direct references that are really yes. interesting and, and really kind of make you feel and understand sort of in the way that when he does Pancreas, he does a lot of references to specific songs. And right. you're like, oh, and it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of uh, really fascinating, interesting references in the song. One of the most uh, sort of interesting and personal for me is the Columbia Record House, uh, which I think is one of those things that uh, is a real generation gap kind of thing because I grew up with the Columbia Record House. It seemed like a form of magic uh, (laughs) that they would give you one for eight eight albums for one penny. I mean, the idea of like, oh, you get a Michael Jackson album, you get a Huey Lewis album for one fraction of one penny. Um, And then, of course, you know, it was like everything in capitalism. It was an enormous ruse, uh, an enormous hoax, and it tricks you into spending all of this money. So it's one of those things where I wonder if generations going forward, like this is a reference that will mean nothing to them. Um, but that's also one of, one of the things that I love about Al is that there's a specificity, that he's not afraid to do something that only 3% of his audience will get or enjoy or even recognize. Well, and, and I think that back in 99, it wasn't that far out of the out of the realm anymore. I mean, I know I joined it. That's how I got my grunge albums when mm-hmm. I was in high school. You know, that's how I got Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, and all those things that suddenly yep. everybody was listening to in high school. And I was like, I have no idea what these people are. Oh yeah, so I like, did that too. Yep, I got sucked in. It was crazy. And like, yeah. Well, and and they would they would send you uh, albums. You know, oh. you didn't necessarily uh, order them. And I remember like getting uh, back smell gold, <laughs> being like, "Wow, this album is really good. Thank you, Columbia Record Club." Yeah, yeah. only seventeen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> Plus fourteen dollars for shipping and handling, uh-huh. um, and again within the context of it, where it's just a solid joke. Uh, <laughs> somebody who's uh, raced into marriage would be terrified by the idea yeah. of joining the uh, Columbia Record House. But yeah, it's, it's an epic. You know, it, it takes you on a long, long, long journey. Uh, the Albuquerque. Yeah, uh, and well, I mean, now we're talking about lyrics a little bit. I mean, like. After listening to Dick's Automotive, there's definitely a lot of pieces of the song that Al made direct references to in the same way that he would in like 
the uh, everything you know is wrong. He has a lot of lyrical references to previous They Might Be Giants mm-hmm. song. Uh, so there's the sky is so blue is said in both songs. Um, he, the bit where he asks, they ask a question and Elsa and the, the, the donut guy just says no. Yeah. They do that yeah. in Dick's Automotive, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, about um, building the engines and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the really weird part is uh, I went back and found one of Al's early live songs where he called the I'm Stupid Blues. Uh-huh. And he does the same donut thing there, too. Oh, yeah? And you're just like, this is crazy. This is this like weird like combination of things from Al yeah. put together in one song. It's just like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of the way that his brain works is that there are all these things that are kind of floating around and then he's able to kind of make these things happen. It's kind of magical. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was working with Alex, I was like, holy, holy, this is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. And his brain is like a computer, like it's an incredibly creative computer. It's like creator as a computer that creates art and creates comedy. <laughs> awesome. Well, and in a quote from uh, the interview you did with Al, he says, uh, that's one of my free flowing songs more than any other song because for a song like that there are specifically no parameters i write and write and write and then i edit it down to the parts that i think are amusing or that help tell the storyline or i'll write a notebook full of ideas uh or story points and then i'll try to arrange them in a way that would tell a semi-cohesive story but that was kind of the fun of fun one to write just because i didn't feel a lot of pressure which was which yeah. is awesome. Like I, I like the idea of him just writing all these things down and maybe even having these like weird story narratives that he found amusing from the past that he wasn't able to work into another song. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to put it in Albuquerque, of course. That makes sense. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about Al is that usually his work is all about kind of uh, order. You know, there's a sort of uh, scientific precision to that. You know, the yes. sort of formula that he adheres to in each album. You know, and it's a formula that works. It's a formula that has proven itself successful over time and one of the wonderful things about the formula is it gives him permission and an incentive to go fucking crazy on the last song uh to get weird to get long to get wild uh i mean one of the things that's impressive to me about this is i feel like this song rocks a lot harder yeah uh than al stuff i mean definitely looking over the whole thing in its entirety you hear songs like smells like nirvana it's like this is just the guitar is so much harder so much more aggressive so much uh more heavy metal or more punk than what came before with this you know there's a sort of freewheeling pop punk element to it uh this is also as far as i know his only real spoken word song yeah and i feel like there's a there's a freedom with spoken word to kind of go crazy and uh, kind of be a cross between being a, a songwriter but also a storyteller and also this kind of poet so you're doing a whole bunch of things at the same time and you can get crazy and goofy and free form and improvisational in a way that you can't uh with uh parodies and certainly with uh sort of the tighter uh the more focused uh, pastiches yeah yeah and it's cool like i i love the this song and i think that that's one of the things like al talks about how in he just sort of wrote this at the end of his album. It's at the end of the album running with scissors because he was like, I'm going to make an 11 minute song and it's, and it's going to be like a badge of honor when you get to the end of it. And, <laughs> and you, you know, if you can get to the end of this song, you have performed better than Odysseus, you know, like, like you have taken <laughs> this journey with me. And, and it was like, I don't really expect fans to be have fun with it. It's just one of those things that I'm like, let's see if they do it. Boy, and was he it, wrong. And then it became great. Like, <laughs> like looking back at this album, we have Saga Begins starts the album off. Ah. 
And, and it's such a, for a lot of people for a long time, that was like one of Al's biggest parodies. And then he ends the song with what may be his most classic original. Yeah. Or, you know, most style parody, par- you know, and, and it just, it's, it, this is such a strong album when you look at those two tentpoles yeah. for fans. And, and it wasn't even till this morning that I realized that idea. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and again, you kind of, uh, I sort of talked about in my, in my book and on my column, uh, songs of inspiration and songs of, uh, of possibility, yeah. you know, sort of taking advantage of things that's happening in the culture. And I feel like Assad begins, it was a real, him. Uh, songs of calculation uh there's a huge element of calculation there he took a song that everybody knew he took a movie that everybody was going to see he took a plot that was terrible that that literally made people angry and turned it into one of his best loved songs like i think that's you know sort of talk about uh, alchemy you know no no pun intended (laughs) there uh but yeah that he 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 took the dross and he took the 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 fetid waste uh (laughs) that was the phantom menace and by just describing the plot in a funny way he created a song that people love that endures to the point where you know he performed it on almost every uh stop of his tour uh last uh last year yeah again people people would lose their shit they went nuts to hear about jar jar banks uh you know and and anakin skywalker and all of the rest of that garbage uh (laughs) but then yeah with with someone like albuquerque you have a song where uh it's personal you know it's kind of uh reflects who al is as an artist (laughs) who he is as a funny man you know kind of how he sees the world um it's also interesting to me uh because yeah i I said kind of this is going to be an alternate version of uh the dick's automotive yeah in that respect it kind of reminds me of his tony okay uh pastiche yeah where he really loves but tony okay and i through this i went back and like holy crap like this guy is really good and really funny yeah really interesting and and al's uh sort of pastiches are very very direct homages to the point of feeling like an alternate version uh of these wonderful songs and one of the things that Al is doing by, you know, kind of riffing on these people by building on their work is he's kind of giving an audience to these very, very uh, cult artists. Uh, I kind of was looking around for the rug burns and I was fascinated to discover that probably other than inspiring a weird Al Yankovic song, which to me is <laughs> very, very, very impressive. Uh, the dude uh, was Jules uh band leader uh when she was touring and her boyfriend and her co-songwriter and he wrote who will save your soul oh wow okay, uh okay. so yeah I, th- I think he if, I, if i'm not mistaken he he straight up co-wrote uh this diamond selling album of punishingly crazy yeah folk rock uh so yeah that's what he's probably best known for uh so yeah i think kind of as, as a solo artist as a musician he's kind of a smart ass yeah yeah oh he definitely goof, sounds like uh yeah. but as a uh let's see here yep uh, best known for Scott with Jewel, especially the 1996 single "You Were Meant for Me." That's yeah. crazy. Number two. Yeah, I can't yeah, even. Imagine. <laughs> well, and, I would and, love to. I, I, in my mind, I, I read that I, I, in your article actually, and I'm like, I would love to hear him sing that. <laughs> I would love to hear that song. Yeah. This, this voice, that'd be amazing. I want to hear his version of that song. I'm sure Jewel likes like. You know, maybe we should do it this way. <laughs> yeah, he, he made a lot more money off of "You Were Meant for Me" than he did out of Dixon. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't no matter how many Weird Al fans were like moved to go and listen to his songs. Like, yeah, I think when you have a number two song, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't yodel a little more if he's <laughs> Jewel. Um, in fact, uh, Jewel was actually in their first video too. I think uh, Hitchhiker Joe, the video for Hitchhiker Joe, has Jewel in it. Wow. 
Um, oh, interesting. Which is kind of cool, I think. Uh, the Rugburns uh, started in the early 90s with Steve Pulitz and Robert Driscoll. And uh, what I found un- interesting was his first album, he's got a song called Me and Eddie Vedder, huh. which also seems very like interesting that Running With Scissors, in the Running With Scissors connections, you know, because uh, My Baby's In Love With Eddie Vedder is in that song. Um, on that album yeah. in that album which is kind of cool yeah yeah well i think you know and i'll tend to get kind of inspired uh and, and kind of bursts i mean i was writing about his last one uh and there are three separate pharrell's uh kind of riffs yeah you know, there yeah. is uh obviously there's uh tacky uh and then there is uh, uh uh, do, 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 word crimes. Yeah, word crimes. Uh, and then, yeah, and then for Happy is kind of one of the cores of the. And part of that is just that, you know, Pharrell is everywhere. Yes, He's yes, ubiquitous. Yes. It's hard to write about incredibly popular songs of the mid teens and not write about him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he kind of has these spurts. I mean, there was a. God, there's one album where he had two separate Tommy Shondell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, two Peter Gabriels. You know, so yeah, I guess he, he kind of works in these same kind of ways and kind of derives inspiration. Uh, from from I think the same kinds of people in the same kinds of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of quick notes uh, as we're finishing up. Uh, Tom Papa, who was belching and eat it, is back with belches in this. Uh, Tom Papa is Al's engineer since 1983, uh, and Lily Wilson claps and sings on this song too. Sure. Uh, just you know, going through all that little stuff that we like to say. Uh, the second album by the Rugburns is the one with Dick's Automotive. It came out in 95, I think. And uh, it's also got a cover of the theme song to Sesame Street on it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Awesome. Seems about I want right. to hear that. Yeah, that is awesome. And actually, I've been, I've been watching a lot of Sesame Street because I have a four-year-old son. Okay. And okay. I, I have a year-old son, and also I just love the TV show Sesame Street. Uh, and they have amazing, amazing music. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there is a one of the guys who I guess played with uh, Rugburns for a little bit, uh, Gregory Page. Uh, he did an interview with the San Diego Reader and said, uh, during our tour uh, of duty with the Rugburns, our greatest, our biggest hippie was Weird Al Yankovic. At the Troubadour in Los Angeles before the show, I was talking to this beautiful girl at the bar when Weird Al came up to me and asked for my autograph. I think I got laid, laid that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it, it it definitely I mean like there's definitely cuz like I said when I when I looked at the that um forum post when people people were like, "Oh my gosh, does Al know that the Rugbird song sounds exactly like this?" And it's like, <laughs> no. yeah. And and so it was just I wanted at least one quote of somebody say, you know, saying, "Hey, Al Love the rug burns. Um, yeah. And I, I know that the Wikipedia entry says something of, to the effect of like, Al was even seen backstage at one of their concerts in LA, uh, but I couldn't get any attrib- attribution for that. So I yeah. was like, I don't want to, you know, don't want to say that, but, but yeah, it's, it's, you can tell that Al knew the song, he, what he was doing with the song. It was a lot of fun, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I'm guessing what he was doing there uh, was getting permission uh, to say, hey, I've got this great song uh, that's kind of built in no small part upon your song. I think that's one of the reasons why Al was one of the many, many, many uh, musicians yeah. who uh, who spoke up on behalf of Robin Thicke during the uh, 
during the Blurred Lines controversy because a lot of what Al does is he works with pastiche and he builds upon what other people do. I mean, to think oh, about completely. Yeah, one of the last uh, songs that I wrote about on Mandatory Fun was Mission Statement, uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful song. One of my favorite songs, one of my favorite uh, late period songs. Yeah. And yeah, I was kind of surprised to discover that that was partially based upon a really, really beautiful Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. Yeah. Um, and again, it's this lovely, lovely, elegant kind of sweet and Again, kind of the things that he picks up on, you know, like the final bit of this gorgeous, gorgeous song is in, uh, I believe it's in French or Spanish. Um, so it's literally a different uh, language than you begin with. So you're kind of like, and then for Mission Statement, he was writing about uh, business and business buzzwords as kind of a, a language of its own and <laughs> and a stupid and bewildering and pointless and incredibly mercenary kind of language so there's an element of commentary you know yeah. and an element of yeah, criticism yeah. both in terms of you know uh, the original track and then also in terms of like capitalism right. uh and, and in terms of yeah kind of how we see the world um, yeah. so yeah it's, it's it's fascinating to see what l does with kind of the the raw clay uh that is you know, the last hundred years of popular music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my very favorite songs. Yeah. And in fact, uh, in this song, there's a, there's a point where the whole chainsaw thing and the whole, um, getting, getting, uh, idioms raw, like taking idioms literally Yeah. in the Dick's automotive song. There's a point where the guy comes chainsaws, the guy's foot and then puts it in his mouth and says, Oh, that's the last time you'll put your foot in the mouth, your mouth or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's, that, that's that's I see yeah. exactly where Al went with that. That's yeah. perfect. Um, oh, yeah. Well, and again, I think there are so many different kinds of comedy in each of his songs, especially for you have an 11 minute long song. You have yeah. a lot of time for a lot of different kinds of jokes. Uh, the last song that I wrote about was the last song on Mandatory Fun. Um, which was the Jackson Parks Express, where yeah. you also have that him taking a turn of phrase, uh, very, very literal. Uh, he talks about how, you know, I would sacrifice anything for you, chicken, goats, whatever. <laughs> uh, and also, you are my answer to everything, which is why I would probably do very badly on tests. Yeah. Uh, and again, those are like jokes. Uh, and I enjoy that within the context of something like this. It's such a freewheeling thing where a lot of it's just craziness, a lot of it's randomness, a lot of it is like weird references. Uh, I think Leonard Nimoy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Somebody, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, they're kind of go to references. Where yeah. about, you get somebody who's silly and campy and goofy, somebody dumb or ridiculous would be obsessed with. Boom, <laughs> you have William Shatner. Boom, you have Leonard Nimoy. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a kind of continuity that you see uh, from year to year and song to song and decade to decade. Um, yeah. And yeah, usually, usually, yeah, it's a uh, it's a scientific mind <laughs> that Al has. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, I also like like when he performs this the the variety of things he does. He adds more donuts sometimes. Oh yeah. Sometimes the things Zelda says to him are are different. Um, he's had Jim West do different guitar solos sometimes. Yeah. Uh, when we saw it, because we saw it in Augusta, I think you guys you saw it in Augusta too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so when he did that, he like got almost all the way through it, and then was like, "Let's start again," yeah. and starts at the beginning, and it was just so fun like oh well, if, you, if you if you if you heard in augusta you probably yeah. heard we heard your name 
Yeah, he yeah. did indeed. He he introduced it by by referencing me and my second book. Right, I was going to mention and, that we were talking about the autobiography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentioned yeah. you like you already been written. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not not fair to say that was one of you know one of the highlights uh, of my life. Yeah, uh, I can imagine as a, as a writer and as a fan, I was like, oh my god, he mentioned me. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and then I listened to it on the uh, the Stitcher one. Uh-huh. Like, oh my god, they didn't cut that part out. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, of course yeah. they keep that on. Yeah, no. But I mean, that's the other thing that's, that's kind of exciting to me is that you know I've written books. Before before about fish about insane clown posse uh and with fish it's all about improvisation you know, oh the band different... yes. <laughs> <laughs> two fish yeah i just you know i like Trout, halibut i, I gotta <laughs> yeah but he, he, he's a very diverse writer the, the, the jam band fish p-h-i-s-h okay okay uh you know and the whole thing is that every single performance is different every song is different every they do things and it's the opposite for Al. Like usually the point is to do as close to the record version as possible. Yeah. So it's nice that he's created this uh vessel, this space where he can improvise, yeah. where he can be goofy, where he can let loose. Uh, and I think that's very appealing. Because I think sometimes, especially kind of the, the spectacle version of Al's tour can be a little uh, confining. Like yeah. I know that I <laughs> yeah, I would not want to wear that fat suit night well, after yeah. night after night after night, you know? Um, but he does because, you know, the, the fans want it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good to, to have some spaces where you could be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also cannot finish talking about Albuquerque without mentioning <laughs> every once in a while when he's in New Mexico, he goes, Oh, I, I hear you guys want to hear a song about Albuquerque. And then he plays like this little ditty they made up about Albuquerque. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like a teaser type of thing. And he did the same thing for the vanity tour after playing his, his cover for that, uh, that week or that day was uh sweet home, Alabama. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, this song is called Al. Alabama, and then <laughs> breaks into it. So yeah. that's a lot of fun. Uh, great tour. Uh, we're almost at the end, but let's let's talk to you. Uh, I've I've used your interviews on uh, AV Club a lot for this podcast because you have great quotes from Al with it. Um, and as as I'm doing searches, I always I, I I always see your your name in the list of things. And um, I've read a couple of your articles, and they're always a lot of fun, very personal, very detailed, very interesting articles. And and those are the articles that you're putting together in this book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the idea is I started my own website in 2017. I was launching about April, and that was around the same time that uh, the squeeze box uh, came out. Yep. And my brain is very, very practical. So I thought, hey, if I write about every single song on the squeeze box, I can write off uh, this box set on my taxes as a business yeah. expense. I need to do that. <laughs> that that's perfect. Uh, I, exactly. Oh. We, you write off too with a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. You've got a podcast. This is your business. You're a small businessman. Um, so that was part of it. Then the other part of it, too, was that it was like there were a lot of things to despair about in 2017. A guy named Donald Trump was president. I think he's still president. And I thought, you know, I need to get into a space where I'm thinking about things that make me happy yes. every day. Where I'm thinking about things that are positive, that I'm thinking about things that are good and that are, you know, uh, bring joy and happiness, that spark joy in the universe. So I thought, yeah. hey, I can write about every Weird Al Yankovic song. And I felt like... The same writing, page there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was writing, the, <laughs> when I was writing Weird Al the book, I... Um, I felt like I did a solid job, but I felt like it was kind of short. It was kind of succinct. It was driven by visuals. I felt like I've got a lot more things to say about Weird Al songs. And also, I feel like if I write about 
you know, Weird Al from 1979 to 2017 or 2018, I think is when uh, Hamilton uh, medley came out. Like, I will be telling the story of popular culture. I'll be telling the story of how the culture has advanced. I'll be telling the story of how America has changed. I'll be telling the story of how we went from food to television to internet. Uh, how we went from, you know, the weekly world news to uh, TMZ. Um, so, yeah, so I, so I began the project. Um, and my original, my original ambition was to write about a song every single day. And what I discovered is that that was incredibly exhausting. Yep. I had no time to write about other things. And also that was way more obscure, weird old content than even his most dedicated fans could necessarily handle. Um, and so one of the things that's been crazy about this, it's been a very modestly read column. Uh, you know, there's not a huge, huge audience to read about, you know, my baby's in love with Eddie Vedder uh, <laughs> or Fun Zone or, you know, an obscure track off of UHF or, or Polka Party. Um, but the people who liked the column, the people who get the column really, really liked it shared it and they uh talked about it and there was a lot of great conversation um so what happened was i basically i, I switched well real quick real quick yeah. i just want to say i've read some of the comments on your articles and and there are more than i expect and they're all like it's the best comment section i think i've seen on the internet ever yeah oh, so i just it's just it's very nice people who really appreciate weird Bill yankovic yeah which is a nice group of uh, agreed so um so you came up with this Kickstarter with you put all your articles together in a big book and you yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the thing about the, the column is I really, really like the column, but it had a lot of flaws. You know, it was a little bit messy. I don't have a copy editor or an editor, really. Um, and also, I never really found a visual uh, aesthetic for it. I just kind of like pull stuff. Uh, from the internet, and I gotta say, there's a lot of stuff where, like, there isn't a lot of appropriate images. I mean, you're talking about, like, the plumbing song, you know, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like, Airline Amy. You just, you just kind of find stock photos. Yeah. Um, so the nice thing for this is I really wanted for it to be a pretty book. I wanted it to be a, a good-looking book. You know, it's kind of a follow-up to a coffee table book put out by Scribner, or Scribner my previous uh, publisher, uh, put out by Abrams Image, who are kind of the king of coffee table books. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I wanted this to be worthy of it. So I had a gentleman named uh, Felipe Sobrero, we kind of know from internet uh, Facebook uh, circles. He does a lot of work for Marvel, uh, sort of as a colorist. He does a lot of illustrations. Um, and yeah, I kind of got him to do between 40 and 45 illustrations. And uh, this is going to be professionally copy edited. And then, uh, yeah, last week I asked Al to do the introduction for it. Oh, and that's awesome. uh, one of the things I love about him is that he gets back to you very quickly. I'm like, you you have more uh, to deal with than anybody else I know. And like, you instantly return emails. That's very, very impressive. Uh, so, yeah, so this is going to be the best possible version of that book. It's going to be 400, 450 pages. Every single song from. Uh, Going back to my Bologna, uh, to the Hamilton Pet medley, um, okay. and I'm finally getting around to doing Peter and the Wolf uh, with this one as well. Oh, and yeah, the, cool. the 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 uh, thing has gone spectacularly well. It's been up for two days, and I've tripled uh, my original goal. Which yeah, is that's I wanted to say that. Yeah, you've the insane well, amount nice. already, and. So, so the nice thing about that, that's, that's what I like about Kickstarters is if they're already funded, it means you, you, when you, when you go back, you know, when you go and actually give you the, them your money, you know, that it's happening. You know what I mean? Like it's not one of those things where, Oh, I hope everybody else joins me, but like this is already set 
down. This is happening. So so go put your money in. You know, in November or December, you're getting this book. Yeah, and I've already written, you know, 80, 85% to this, and there'll be a lot of... Uh lot of uh, shifting and winnowing and god bless al he's he's offered to fact check uh, the book uh wow. so, yeah awesome. so if, I, if, I, if i read him as like crazy john yankovic uh you know he'll, he'll probably uh, change that he'll probably correct me <laughs> uh so yeah so i feel very good i feel like i had a very solid pitch a very solid product uh to offer the world and people have been very very nice and very understanding and yeah, there's a chance that I will sell out of this uh, wow. uh, Kickstarter, you know, that's before awesome. the end of these 30 days. And that's that's crazy to me, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah just as, as, as a pre-launch for this. It's been amazing, and it's amazing, too, that something that was a modest success as a column has been a very big success, uh, sort of as a Kickstarter. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I kind of I sort of talked about there how not even really tongue-in-cheek, you know, I kind of feel like people like Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, people recognize their inherent work and they write books like this about them books that are you know immersed in you know uh history and immersed in, in, in a little bit academic uh you know kind of contextualizing everything uh, sort of historically and musically and, and comedically and i wanted to do that for al and uh it looks like the uh looks like the public is very much embracing that idea, agreed, i agree very 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 exciting uh, so if this is based, if this book is based on your uh, blog, is Felipe going to be drawing any Theodore Rex images or? <laughs> That's a good question. I think I might, uh, I might try and sneak him in into the <laughs> background uh, of some things. And uh, yeah, I just kind of have a, 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 we've done very, very well. So I kind of set a stretch goal, which is if we hit $10,000, if we hit five figures, uh, then I will uh, do like a, a PDF where I will write an episode by episode uh, analysis of the Weird Al show <gasps> and uh, Al season of Comedy Bang Bang, uh, both of which I really, really dug and both of which I think very much reflect Al's sensibility in pretty pure form. Cool. Uh, I feel like yeah, he's, Al TV is uh, definitely something, you know, that was a huge part of his career and, and God willing to be a part of this project as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So as of Today, it's less than $3,000 away from that goal. So wow. I think we should go out and buy more books so that way you can uh, you can get that goal because that definitely sounds like something I want to listen. I, I want to read is analysis of all those things. That's really cool. Oh, definitely. I, I believe your listeners would definitely yeah. get a lot out of this. For sure. Yeah, right exactly. There. And then the thing about it is like if, you don't, if you're not personally a Weird Al fan, you have a Weird Al fan in your life. You have somebody in your life who is a big nerd uh, and a big geek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or a strapping millionaire playboy who also happens to enjoy Weird Al, you know, yeah, yeah. defeating the stereotype. <laughs> Maybe Eldris Alba is a huge fan. Yeah, they, probably. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah, that would be really cool. You know, he's a DJ. It'd be cool if you know when he plays Coachella, he does an all Weird Al. Yeah, no, I I think so. I <laughs> and mean, then all, of, all of his interviews are about changing the uh, changing the perception of Weird Al fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I. I think it's a great, like, I, I love that you put it together. I've already, like I said, I already got, I, I pre-ordered both books because I borrowed the first book from a library. So now I get to have it. I'm just now realizing that Steve and I probably will have a couple of copies of it by Christmas because everybody in our families will be like, oh, there's a Weird Al book. I know what Charlie's uh, gift is this year. Yeah. Because that's that's how they how yep. impersonal they always are. It's like <laughs> Star Wars or Weird Al. It, it must be Charlie. Here you go. Yep. Uh, or a Lego. Here you go. Yeah. Ooh, there need to be a Weird Al Star Wars Lego set. 
Yeah, a whole awesome. <laughs> Lego version of the Saga Begins video. That would be awesome. I would buy that a hundred times. You could put the, you could I'll Lego allows you to submit that. stuff. I'm gonna submit yeah, that. yeah. Then, <laughs> hey, that's how we got Ghostbusters. I there think. you go. And we got uh, what are some of those other ones? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beatles Lego yeah. and the, yeah, yeah. yeah if, if 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 the Lego company enjoys making money, uh, <laughs> there you go. I want a Weird Al Star Wars Al set into, into the universe. There you there. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Nathan, for joining us. Wait, uh, it oh, yeah. yet. We have oh, stuff right. to do still. There's we still have business. To this song. We have to rank it or write it. Yeah. Uh, well, I one to five. It's a five for me. It's, yeah. It's definitely the song that I love. It's the it's the song I love that that you don't like. Like Al Wait, said, I don't. <laughs> no, no. It's the song that Al was like. Why would anybody love this song? Everybody but like, I'm going to song. enjoy it. But but it is. It's. It's so Al yeah. that, that you can't not love this song. Right. What, what do you rate it? I'm giving it a one. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> he almost lunged across the table at me. <laughs> a five, definitely. Okay, okay. Duh. And then well, Nathan? If I, very, if I can get very pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Don't. This is sort of uh, Al's version of Lou Reed's Metal Machine music. Okay. Uh, which was the album that he notoriously made that would be unlistenable, that nobody would be able to enjoy them. Just a giant F you to the world. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I give it a five. Uh, and in and, and live uh, performance, I give it a 57. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Out of one to five, I give it a 57. Yeah. yeah. Th- this song sort of reminds me to me is uh, when Ben Folds put out one of his albums, it was still the time of like internet stuff at where you could download for free. So he put like a fake album out with the same titles of the songs, but all the songs were like weird, funny versions and stuff. And, and I kind of like some of the songs on that fake album that he put out more than the songs on the actual album. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a fun time back in the day. Uh, but thank you very much, Nathan, for joining us. Uh, everybody, make sure you drop by the Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter ends on April 18th, so you have plenty of time. Uh, but do it now anyway. But yeah, no, do Don't it now. Don't procrastinate. But, but I'm just talking, yeah. if, if you're listening to this podcast in like Finish up. two yeah. weeks, okay. make sure you get it. Uh, okay, it makes sense. Thank you, everybody, for that. And uh, thank you, Nathan. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Yep, Thanks thank for you. having me. No guys. problem. Thanks again, Nathan. Uh, we're, I don't know, are we done? I don't know. Are we? I don't think we are. I mean, maybe we're done for season one. We definitely got a lot of things in our minds for more episodes. Uh, Find us on Facebook. We're all Yankovics. It's a community. Join us uh, and just, just talk to us, pay attention to the, to the post and, and maybe we can, what, what are things that you guys want to hear? Cause yeah. where we, can we, we go couple, from here? We have a couple of things in the works for yep. a couple of other songs and a couple of things. And, uh, but, but we're kind of done the chunk of it. You know, with we, the original plan, I guess we're done. Yeah. yeah, with, yeah with the original on down by list. Number 162 was it? Yeah. That's we're done with that. But there's more out there. There is. There is. And and I don't know how we're going to phrase this. I mean, maybe this was just season 1. Maybe <laughs> we'll come back maybe we'll come a couple of months and then come back with season 2 or something. But we definitely uh, appreciate all the fans, all the uh, attention we've gotten, all the opportunities we've had because we've been doing this podcast and because of you the fans. And and we really really want to thank you guys. Uh but we also, you know, want to hear from you guys. Uh, give us a call at 302-72-WEIRD about any of the podcasts that you've heard. Uh, if you've got a dissenting opinion of, compared to us about any of the 
uh, our thoughts on a Weird Al sh- uh, song, definitely give us a call because we'd love to discuss those kind of things yeah. in a future I, episode. I know we're going to come back and we're going to discuss. I want to discuss the list. I'm going to do some averages and yep. figure out things. We're going to come up with a definitive what this was all about. What are, are by the numbers, what our top songs are, top albums are. So I want to have yep. a podcast coming up soon about all that. So and we're we going to do that. We have a tour to look forward to this yeah. summer. We're so, going on tour. So we're going to be doing this stadiums. We're going to do stadium tour, right? We're going to do our podcast live. No, no. Well, there's I, a there's no, a slight chance, and there's a slight chance I'm actually going to be in Chicago, uh, at the same time as Frump. Frump, Mr. The, Frump, no, the, the, uh, the, you fa- mean the Fump, the Fump, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so if you guys are going to that, let us know, because uh, it would be kind of cool to say uh, say hi and maybe get a drink or something. Yeah. Uh, but the but thank guys. you very much. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've been trying to be a little bit more active with those things, uh, and uh, just. Thank you so much. Thank you for and, listening. Uh, share share with people. Sure, yeah. If you know people haven't heard us, you know, let them know. Start over. Let's do everything again. Do some ratings. Leave some comments on the you know iTunes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you very much for everything. And uh, for now, we'll see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.